0: Bandwidth for changelog is provided by Fastly. Learn more at fastly.com and we're hosted on Linode servers. Head to linode.com slash changelog.
1: It's Go Time, a weekly podcast where we discuss interesting topics around the Go programming language, the community, and everything in between. If you currently write Go or aspire to, this is the show for you. All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of Go Time. Today's episode is number 53. So on the show today, we have myself, Eric St. Martin. Uh, Carlicia Pinto is also on the show. Hi, everybody. And Brian Kettleson. Hello. And it seems like something big just happened uh, a couple weeks ago that we should spend this episode talking on. I know what it is.
2: I dyed my hair purple.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Do you think we could fit a a whole hour to talk about that? I I think we could talk about that for at least three or four.
2: I think we could talk about it for quite a while. It's, it's amazing just how much feedback I've gotten on it from random strangers. High fives in airports. I'm serious. It's crazy. Most of them are thinking that guy is too old to have purple hair, so let's high five him and make him feel better. But hey, whatever. Are, are you getting selfie pictures too? Yes, actually. In fact, it happened at GopherCon, which is I know what you were really meaning to talk about the thing that happened a
1: couple of weeks ago. But I uh, suppose we could talk about that.
2: We were outside next to the bear. And some kid walks up with purple hair, and he goes, "Is it okay if my mom takes a picture with you and me together?" And I was like, "Heck yeah!"
0: <laughs> I love it, by the way.
1: <laughs> I think it's fun.
0: I think so too.
1: So, um, for anybody who's not aware, um, back uh, as we're recording this today on the third of August, so this is about two weeks ago, um, GopherCon occurred, which is a very, very large um, conference for the Go programming language in case you're not already familiar. That happens in July, uh, every year. And, uh, we spent three days there or if you conclude workshop days. So, uh, anybody want to talk about kind of like overall thoughts and just kind of feelings, walking away, excitement, man, where, do we,
0: we need to be more precise. Like, cause I don't know where to begin.
2: Yeah. The energy level was insane. I mean, it was just constant high energy and everybody just everybody came up and told me specifically that, you know, they just felt like the energy this year was higher than any other year. And it just felt like such a fun, happening, happy place to be.
0: I can't gauge it anymore because it's my third one. And every year I go, I, I meet more people. So every year is more comfortable and I don't know, OK, is it better because I know more people, which I, I like, or is it better because the conference is better? But I think this year it was patently both. The conference was at a higher level. Uh, the band was amazing. Uh, <laughs> so a bunch of uh, Go developers who are also musicians and singers got together and rehearsed and played at the po- at the opening party. And I felt like I was on drugs. I felt so happy. <laughs> it's <laughs> I <was> Denver,
1: like... <laughs> are you sure you weren't on drugs?
0: <laughs> yeah, I don't think I was. I was just <laughs> drinking, pretty sure, but I don't know because it's Denver, but I felt like it, and it, it, just, it made me feel so happy looking at other Go developers who were also happy and dancing and having the greatest time, so. Thank you so much for everybody who played in that band and people who had the idea to put it together and approved the whole thing because it was awesome.
1: Yeah, there were so many great people doing that. Um, So if you weren't at GopherCon or you skipped the welcome party, what Carlisi is talking about is um, at the welcome party at the Punchbowl Social, uh, we had like a full like fair level stage with lighting and stuff set up. And there was a local band there that uh, kind of filled the air with music. But um, later, um, a group of community members actually got up and sang and played instruments. And I wonder if I can name everybody off without missing anybody. It's going to be <laughs> tough. There were a lot of oh. people. <laughs> but yeah, and Brian was also in the band. So, Mark, uh, and they got Mark Bates. And, <laughs> yeah, Mark Bates, uh, Cassandra, uh, Salisbury. Vanessa, um, Chris Nova, um, who else? Brian
2: uh, Downs. J- Brian, uh, D- yeah,
1: Raj, Raj Pepe.
2: Yeah,
0: Yana. so it was uh JBD.
1: J-B-D. Yeah, JBD. So, and it was really awesome though because everybody kind of got up there and performed, and the band that was there um, kind of backfilled positions that uh, we didn't have community members for, and that was actually um, Brian's Kyle. idea to do the band thing.
0: Wasn't Kyle in the band as well? I forgot his last name. From Denver?
1: No, I don't know. No, no. Yeah, it was really great. And one of the things I loved about that, and I was telling, uh, it, it might have been um, Adam when they were doing the little changelog interviews, I was talking about it. One of the things that I love the most about that is we often admire people for their technical abilities and, and everything. But we also forget that everybody kind of has hobbies and hidden talents and. It's really great to see a bunch of people, you know, share theirs with us.
0: Let me also say that I'm a really bad introvert. Mm-hmm. And I had that realization after this call con. So this, a good, this is what a good introvert looks like. And I know this because I've seen one. Katrina Owen, sometimes you see her at a conference and she'll be walking, away, walking out at, in the middle of the day. And you're like, where are you going? And she's like, I'm going to my hotel and I'm going to rest. That's a good introvert. A bad introvert like me just keeps on going. and I just kept, you know, that's what I do every time I go to conference. I just keep going day, morning, day, and night, and I don't I know I don't ever say no to meeting somebody or having dinner or having drinks. Man, I was so exhausted when I came back. Mm-hmm. I couldn't mm-hmm. even function. So next yeah. time I need to like take at least a couple of days off afterwards.
1: I'm in that camp, too, the bad introvert camp where, I overwhelm myself for the whole week and then I go home and it's like, nobody talked to me. Yeah. I'm in my cave. <laughs> uh, I need to, need to recharge.
2: It's hard though. When you get uh, that much interaction, that much social pressure uh, condensed and then you're done. It's just like, okay, I'm done. I don't want to talk to people. I don't want to talk to nobody. No, 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 no. Just leave me alone. I'll be in my cave and you know, I don't I don't know if there's a better
1: way to deal with it, but it's certainly difficult for me. And uh one one thing too, um, that I wanted to point out from an earlier point that Carlicia made is this was kind of like the biggest um one yet. But yeah, I've I felt a lot more I don't wanna say any of the prior years didn't have that tight knit community feeling, because they really did. Um, but I feel like it's getting even tighter. Like a lot of people I think felt like it get lost with Um, the growth, uh, that's one of the things that they loved so much about the first year, but I think that a lot of the stuff is, is really kind of come back and so many people socializing and collaborating on stuff, especially community day, community day was awesome.
2: Mm -hmm. All of it was the, the, everything about it was just fantastic.
0: My most memorable day (laughs) was the day. I mean, it has nothing to do with the conference more about me. It is about me now. I had dinner twice.
1: <laughs> in one night.
0: In one night, I had the women who go dinner, which I couldn't miss, of course. And then I had another dinner that I also didn't want to miss. I'm like, mm, okay, so I eat, I eat two salads in one, and then I went and had a regular dinner afterwards. So yeah, life is tough when you go to CoverCon.
1: <laughs> I had a um, never-ending dinner one night. Uh, was it the first night? Uh, Maybe I think it was workshop day. So the night most people came in traveling, um, we were in the, uh, what's the name of the restaurant downstairs? The Buffalo Burger Place, Stout Street Social. Stout Street Social, which is directly across the street from the convention center and downstairs from where a lot of us were staying. And we met a group of people that were there. Uh, I think, Brian, you were part of the initial group, or maybe you weren't. But I don't know, there was like 10 or 15 people there, like this long table. And it was like, we were there for hours and it was like a group would get up and a new group would join. And then they rotated out at least eight or nine times throughout the night. Like, I don't even know how many checks came, but it was kind of funny because we were just there basically all night. It was constantly new people. I didn't have to go anywhere.
2: I came and went three times during the course of that, like six <laughs> you hours. Did. You did, did come back. <laughs> So yes, that was. I agree. That was the longest dinner ever, and every time I was surprised to see you there.
1: <laughs> like you haven't bailed yet.
0: So I mentioned the women who go dinner, and that reminds me to talk about this. Um, we're definitely going to get to the talks and other things, but I want to mention about the diversity efforts and how many women were there. I think it's safe to say that we had about sixty women. You guys can correct me at the conference. It was. Uh, it was no. This year was the first year that it was noticeable that there were women at the conference, and there was such a big effort to increase the number of people with from diverse backgrounds with the uh, scholarships that we had. And I also realized some people didn't who didn't go who could have applied didn't know about it. So heads up for next year. This is uh, it's probably going to be a thing every year. So uh, we have. The conference and other organizations have funds to send people who would otherwise not be able to go. So make sure you keep an eye on that and apply. Uh, so we from those applications, we got a bunch of people and the, the women who go dinner was packed. I think there were 50 women there. Uh, we got a nice gift from Azure. So the power charger thing, a portable charger, which it's not a flask. Josha, it's a, an actual charger.
2: <laughs> no alcohol a, involved.
0: It's not that kind of charger. <laughs> Although that would have been welcome for me too. Uh, now that I think about it, I think I'm going to fix that problem because I don't have a flask anyway. Uh, so, And we had also the buddy system like there was before. And people who have gone to the conference can sign up to be a guide. And people who have never been to the conference can sign, sign up to be a buddy. And we had a nice breakfast. Andy Walker led that effort and he did such a great job. And we got beautiful pins. And um, so we had a breakfast. I got to meet meet a bunch of people who i never heard of before and some who I heard of online but never met in person. It was beautiful. And it was great to see those people mingling in the conference as well. Uh, What else?
1: You know, international travel too, yes. I was really, so each year we know there's like a large number of countries represented. I I want to say this year was like 33 or something like that. And so I know the number of countries, but um, at the beginning when Brian and I were doing like the welcome notes and like I asked everybody to kind of sit down based on location and we got to the international people. I, I was not expecting that many people to still be standing. Yeah. Blown <laughs> away was,
2: by the International travel,
1: so that's a, it's a long flight to uh, Denver.
0: Yeah, we had a lot of uh, international scholarship recipients. Uh, we had people from Brazil, from India. This was really cool.
1: Oh, Nathan Youngman and the Slack channel uh, brought up a good point too. At the very end um, of the conference, we always have like leftover swag and stuff, and we usually donate it. And uh, this year. Um, we decided to sell it to start pre-funding next year's diversity initiatives, and and now I wish I had written down that figure um, it was, exactly. It was over it twelve thousand. Yeah, it was twelve thousand and some change um, that we raised already. So that's awesome. That is. That's a really good seed for next year's
2: diversity. So amazing. Thank you, everyone. So speaking of Nathan Youngman, my one of most memorable moments of the conference was on the, the workshop day when I walked around a corner and I saw some really skinny Alton Brown looking guy standing at the water cooler. And it, I did a full on cartoon double take. And a moment later I said, is that you, Nathan? He has lost so much weight. It looks fantastic. I think we all need to give him a big round of applause for kicking ass and taking names and getting healthy. Nobody recognized him. It was, it was completely amazing. So good, good job getting healthy. Nathan, you've actually inspired me since go for con. I've lost 21 pounds because you inspired me.
0: Yes. And you know what? Uh, I had the same reaction. I had to do a double take with Nathan. I was like, Oh, because I had seen his pictures on Twitter. I knew he had lost weight. So I was prepared to, to, to see that, but I still had to do a double take. And, um, I mentioned on Twitter and I've been very loose about it I think we sh- we should get together people who want to have a health goal for next go for con to lose 10 pounds or 20 pounds or reach reach like a, I want to lift you know this amount of weight or anything we should get together and uh, you know just motivate each other so somebody I don't know what to do to to gather people around this uh, efforts, uh, I don't necessarily have the time to lead and, and come up with a plan, but if somebody wants to do it, I definitely have a health goal for next year, um, be willing to do it. So there.
1: <laughs> That's good. I think it's a great idea.
0: Yeah. Developers getting healthier. Definitely. Yeah. Ev-
1: every year I see, um, the runners. There's generally groups of people who go off and, and run in the city in the morning, bright and early. But, uh, that's not me (laughs) this, this year, sadly
2: missing Brad Fitzpatrick though. Yeah. Wait, all of our best to you, Brad. I know they're, they're moments away from baby delivery. So if you're listening or if you do listen later, we hope that everything goes well with your delivery.
0: Yeah, definitely.
2: Babies rock and go for babies rock more. Right.
1: Does the, does the doctor give a looks good to me thumb too?
2: Yeah. It it has
1: to go through Jarrett. So we can either talk a bit about community day or we can talk about talks first and do them chronologically in the order they occur at the conference. No, that's way too structured for us. (laughs) We can make that plan now, but we'll get
2: sidetracked so fast that we'll feel like we didn't have a plan to begin with. I think that's a poor choice for us. I think we should just continue to freeform. Otherwise, we look disorganized.
0: Free form away, Brian. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> Leaders so, well, into the free world. worlds. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Eric brings up uh, Community Day, and I think uh, the standout awesome from Community Day was the contributor room that the Go team put together. That was so amazing. I don't remember the final count of people. I want to say it was like 150 people, but lots and lots of people went in and had mentors that helped them get through the a little bit onerous process of setting up an environment to contribute to the Go project. And I want to say that they were on that day alone 40 contributions accepted and a lot more made, and I'm sure since then uh, many of those uh, that have, were submitted have been accepted too. So, uh, just a huge, huge shout out to Steve and Steve Francia and others who set up that room and the mentors who helped uh, enable it because it was truly awesome seeing all those
1: people getting contributed, contributing to Go. Yeah, they had a little dashboard going for points for uh, types of contributions. And yeah, it was...
0: Yeah, I want to say something about that, because I was there as a participant, and it was amazing. I so loved that they did that, and I hope they do it every year. And actually, I talked to Steve, and I mentioned to Steve, and I wasn't the only one to mention this, that we should have that like twice a year, maybe four times a year, and get the the Go meetups together to do that as a, t- as a team, as a group around the world, and maybe we can have in different time zones. But anyway, so there were two separate things that we were doing in that room. One was going through the process. They had a, 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 a I want to say, a fake repo. And we were going through the process of submitting to Go, except that we weren't submitting to to the Go repo. We were submitting to this fake repo. But the point was to get you to go through the process and having someone there to comment on your submission and maybe ask you to make a change or correct your submission, and then you make a, a correction and submit again until you went through the whole process and got your submission completed. And you know, your change was pushed to that repo. So that was to get you through the process. And I don't want to say it was simple because you know, simple is very relative. I had done that before. Uh, I'm very familiar with Git, which helps. But I want to say that there were so many people there to help and I actually got help. uh, Somebody was teaching me how to interpret because I was uh, reading the instruction on how to add an example and I was having a hard time understanding the shortcuts that the documentation was uh, using. And this guy explained it to me, I was like, oh, that's what it means, thank you. Hmm. So that was one thing, and they had this, like Eric was saying, they had this dashboard and there were a gazillion and like a thousand submissions, I think, uh, just in one session, there were two sessions, one in the morning, one in the afternoon. So I highly recommend people who haven't done, gone through the process to go to this, work, to this workshop, it's free. Uh, uh, if they are a go for Con in the future. And the other thing was like, okay, you went through this process, how about now you go and make a submission to the Go repo? And that's where the 40 submissions come from. A lot of people submitted code or example or documentation, and uh, you know they became Go contributors.
2: So one of the things that I thought was really fantastic about it was uh, the Phoenix users group, I think, took that same material and brought it home for their Go meetup. I think, was that you, Brian Downs? Pretty sure it was. Uh, did a contributor workshop right after Con and spread it even farther. So my call out to the meetup organizers out there is to find that material and uh, push it out. Spread the love. Let's get more people yeah. contributing to Go because that was yeah. a really great idea.
0: Yeah, it really is easy to follow. The workshop format is easy to follow. It's easy to, to, if you want to replicate it. The reason why I said I would like the Go team to do it more purposefully is that I would imagine, I mean, I would wish somebody from the Go team or a couple of people would be there to approve the submissions and give immediate feedback until people went through the process and got the submission pushed through. That's the only difference. But just going through the process and making the uh, first initial submission is, uh, I mean, it's, it's really, I, don't, I, like, I hate saying simple, but it's pretty straightforward.
2: No, but it's intimidating. The idea of getting all set up is intimidating to me. I remember, it's, it's been years since I did my first, but I remember spending a lot of time staring at the documents and thinking, how in the world is this? Because it's not just a PR. It's not even close to just a PR.
0: Yeah, I meant for the for organizers who would be teaching people because the whole I think it, what makes it simple for attendees is to have people there to help them. And once people right. explain it to you, then then, you know, you keep explaining how, however much you need. Then at the end, you will hopefully. Oh, yeah. OK, I get it now. At some point, you, you're going to get it.
2: Yeah, I agree. That was the magic that made it all work. Well, was having so many
1: mentors there. I think that there's also a degree of motivation there too, right? Um, because there's kind of the process of getting your, um, oh, what do they call it, where you got to get added to be able to submit. CLA? Yeah. Because you, did they make everybody there submit a CLA? I'm sure they did, yeah. So, Like there's, so that ends up being a barrier to entry and a lot of people feel like, oh, well, you know, and and Ashley McNamara mentioned this in her talk too, you know, that you you don't have to be a wizard or genius to contribute, but a lot of people feel that way. And then when there's this additional barrier to entry, I think that that's even more, should I go through this process? You know, is my, you know, are my contributions really wanted? I'm not, you know, insert name of big go person here, you know? so i think having that room dedicated to like anybody everybody show up we we, you know we we want to help get you set up and get you submitting and all contributions are welcome i think there's a motivational aspect to that that okay well maybe i should try this out well it
2: was a good initiative so so steve francia jess frizzell uh, russ cox all the people who uh, made that happen behind the scenes are, are Biggest congratulations for pulling off such an awesome show. It was, it was a good deal.
1: And Brad Fitzpatrick, who, even though he wasn't (laughs) able to make it, he was there reviewing everybody's stuff. And he had a concurrency of gophers next to him, helping out with his
2: looks good to me shirt on. It was awesome. (laughs) You know, concurrency is the collective noun for a group of gophers, right? A concurrency of gophers.
0: (laughs) That is true, right?
2: I'm sure it
0: is. Yeah, yeah. it, it is if, from if, now. If,
1: if not, we've declared it so, right, Curliss? yeah, Absolutely. So the other room, uh, so another room that uh, takes place there every year um, is the GoBot room, put on by the Hybrid Group. That room is always packed, and it's really cool. To, and that also had a lot of people contributing back to the GoBot project to support new hardware. Yeah, that room was really cool this year. I
2: I went by. I didn't hang out in the room a lot, but I went by five or six times. And every single time I went, I saw kids from the, the family day activities in the room, on the floor, you know, controlling Spiros or something like that. So it was, it was amazing to me that Ron was able to engage all of the adults, but, you know, he's just such a good guy. He always has something for the kids too. He's, he's something special.
1: Yeah, there was, there was. Um, I'm trying to remember all of the, the activities that were there. There was a data science room. There was a container technologies room. Lightning talks. Lightning talk quality was like off the hook this year. There was a lot of good talks. I've heard a lot of um, and, and seen a lot of people tweeting about uh, some of the lightning talks. So if you're the type of person that only watches the... Um, normal event videos all the lightning talks are also on youtube like you should definitely watch some of those as well um the round tables that actually was a lot more popular this year um so for anybody who um, didn't go to community day or didn't go to gophercon at all on community day which is the day after the, the talks end um we basically have these rooms set up that we were just kind of describing that contributor room gobot room all of these things where you can collaborate with people but there's also kind of like a big open area with round tables and you can write the project you're working on or topic you're discussing and the table that you're at and people can kind of go through the list and join up with people doing similar things and that room was also packed all day it was crazy I'm really pleased with the number of people who are kind of, uh, seeing community Day because it was, you know, we had way more people the first year stay than I think we anticipated. It started off as just sort of, uh, we know you most people are probably flying out the day after the talks. So, you know, and everybody flies out at different times. Maybe we should just, uh, rent some space in the hotel that we were at at the time. And people can hang out and chat and collaborate on stuff until um, they have to leave for their flight, bring your bags, all that good stuff. And a lot of people stayed for that and kind of each year it's grown bigger and bigger where now it's like a day that most people stay for the whole day. So if you have never been to the community day, you should definitely uh, stay for that. It's probably one of my favorite days.
2: Mm -hmm. So I saw at
1: least... Two maybe three really big
2: projects that got a lot of lift on Community Day. The first one was Depp. I know um, Sam Boyer had at least three tables worth of people all contributing, and you know he I think he started the day hoping that he would get you know two or three issues closed on GitHub, and he ended up stretching his goals beyond his wildest dreams and got a bunch of stuff done that he wasn't expecting to even finish this year. So it's really cool that uh, so many people jumped in on the Depp project and got so much work done. I know Chris Nova had a Kubicorn table and I swear to God, she looked like a cult leader over there because they were all just watching her with rapt attention. And I'm not sure what kind of things she was telling them, but I know Kubicorn had a pretty nice release too. So the cult leader is is taking over.
1: Was pretty cool. So, how about favorite talks or at least ones that uh, you've heard good feedback on that maybe you didn't catch yourself? I know that I often don't get to watch many of the talks, if any, until the videos are released. And depending on my work schedule, is how fast I consume them. So, I, I can start off uh, one that uh, seemed to get very, very good reception. And I actually have happened to watch this on um, YouTube was just recently a guest of our show, which was uh, Kavya Joshi, who did the um, Understanding Channels. Um, if you haven't seen that talk, you weren't there for it or weren't at GopherCon, um, it's on YouTube. All of, these, all of the talks from the conference are there. Um, she walks through kind of the implementation of channels. So this isn't the, you know, how do you use them, but how do they work under the hood? And there's a bit of how the runtime works too with regard to scheduling go routines that have uh blocking uh sends and receives on them. Yeah,
2: it was a super geeky talk and it was low level enough that I think everybody learned something and I I my favorite part of the talk was at the end when you know everybody mobbed her at the stage from the go team. <laughs> <laughs> and I turned around to Eric and I said somebody's getting a job offer soon. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it, that was a really good talk. I liked um Edward Muller's talk on Go Anti Patterns. That was a really good talk. He hit, uh, hit the nail on the head on a ton of different things that, that I've been teaching for the last couple of years and taught me several that I've been abusing for the last couple of years. So that was a really good talk if you haven't caught that one.
1: Um, that room was busting out the seams. It was. Like, it was really busy. It's one I haven't caught yet. I haven't been able to watch that video yet, but it yeah. definitely seemed like a really, really popular talk.
0: Yeah, everybody should watch that talk, especially beginners. Especially, please do.
1: (laughs) And I don't think that we could leave out um, Russ Cox talking about the future of Go, where I think people about drop dead when uh, you mentioned that it's time to start thinking about Go 2.
2: Yeah, but all right. So, you know, I love the Go team and I love Russ. But man, that was the biggest cop-out talk ever. (laughs) Cop-out. Complete cop out. So you put on the schedule the future of Go, and start letting rumors slide. We're going to talk about Go 2.0. This is amazing. Yeah, we're going to talk about talking about talking about Go 2.0. I don't. So I don't know. I don't know whether I agree. No, no, don't even try to defend him. Don't do I it. I think. Okay,
0: that- uh, explain yourself, better. I'm not getting. I don't <laughs> want to. Inter- I don't want to interpret what you're saying. Just spit it out. I'm what just you teasing.
2: Mean? I'm just teasing, Russ. I I really have nothing bad to say about it at all but I was just saying that we were He's teased troll. by the idea that that go 2.0 was was coming and and really it was just a talk about how we're going to go about talking about go 2.0. I th-
1: I think that the go team and everything has been, you know, very much we're going to focus on um implementation and bettering that and Uh, improving compile times and speed and all that stuff and we're not going to work on changing the language so i think that it still is uh, a very exciting thing that collectively they are ready to move on that you know we've we as a community have written enough go code that maybe it's time to start thinking about that and what might that look like but i also think that um one of the big takeaways from that talk was soliciting for experience reports because he walks through kind of the history of how, um, they solve problems and things like that. And they want to see concrete examples of, you know, where these things are problems. Like as an example was generics, right? Like they they don't, sometimes they don't have enough information to help make a meaningful decision as far as how that should impact the language without kind of seeing concrete examples of how people intend to use these things or, or, Um, how it's currently failing them. So I think that that was probably the biggest takeaway is that, you know, if you want to help shape what Go 2.0 ultimately becomes, um, you should make it a point to contribute that feedback.
0: I was going to say the same thing Erica just said, just not as articulate. But I do want to reemphasize that even though it was a talk about, let's talk about talking about Go 2.0, I think was very valuable because people communicate. I mean, it's just normal. We're not very effective and sometimes we're in a hurry. But that talk was basically, I mean, there were the other things too, but the basic, the main takeaway from me was like Eric said Go 2.0 is going to happen. And if you have a problem that you want to, is not being solved now, that you do want to be solved. Submit what your problem is. Because we need to understand what, what kind of problem it is. Don't submit a feature request. Don't jump ahead and say, Oh, I have a problem, but and I think it's going it, it, it will be solved if you Go had this. So therefore, I am requesting that you add this to Go. They were, he was very specifically saying, submit your problem, submit a use case for your problem and I was uh, reading Reddit, and there were so many people saying, oh, I, after that talk, I don't know if they watched it or not, or, or read about it or not, because there was also a blog post that goes with it. But people were saying, yeah, I'd love if you go ahead this, and some people are pointing out, dude, you need to submit your problem, not a feature request, It's not about submitting feature requests.
2: If they had named it- the talk, if I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, please finish.
0: No, I was just going to repeat myself. Thank you for cutting me off.
2: Ah, <laughs> if if he had named the talk, how to communicate or build consensus on the forward movement of a project, then I would give it 12 out of 10. But he named it the future of Go. So I say it's it's a five out of 10 because we didn't talk about Go's future. We talked about communicating and and building scientific evidence about why we need to change things in Go. We talked about how we will influence the future of Go. Exactly, and that there which will be a future of go. Which which again is an incredibly valuable talk, but we totally got clickbaited on the title. Ten people got together in a room and Bill
1: go to go 2.0. Click here to see what happens next. <laughs> so um uh, one cool fact that I'm I'm gonna totally ignore Brian right now.
0: <laughs>
1: this is new. So one one cool fact that came out of that though was um I forget where the stat came from, but I know that they had estimated somewhere between 500,000 and a million Go programmers in the world, which seems astronomical at this point.
0: I can't
2: remember (laughs) where the stats came from either, but you're ignoring me, so I won't answer anymore. (laughs) So other talks. Um, Oh, you know who nailed one? Liz Rice. Yes. The Go programmers guide to syscalls.
1: That was so cool. Great talk. She basically uh, started the talk out um, talking about how in um, prior talks she mentioned system calls and she wanted to kind of make sure she knew what she was referring to when uh, talking about them. So wrote a talk uh, explaining how system calls work to people and that's actually really great if you're not familiar with how system calls work and uh, a little bit of it like Linux assembly too kind of really helps solidify that too. And, and what it talks about, you know, as far as, you know, resetting registers and things like that.
2: Yeah. Brian Downs and Slack said he could listen to Liz talk about anything. And I, I totally agree. This is maybe the third time I've seen her talk and she just has such a fantastic delivery and she's so eloquent and she knows the material so well. I mean, you know, between her and Jess Frizzell, I have, a hundred percent imposter syndrome when it comes to deep kernel level knowledge of anything. Just no, go ask them. Cause I don't know.
0: I, I want to say, I was going to say the same thing. I was going to say, I haven't seen her talk, but I, re, I don't even care what it was about. Cause I've seen her talks before or like the co- talk that she gave at go, uh, go K last year. It's like, she's so great. I will watch anything she talks about it- <laughs>
1: Yeah. And um, if you didn't see it, the talk that Carlyce is referring to um, from Golang UK was um, she implemented containers in Go. Uh,
0: She did it live.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And this is
0: very badass.
1: (laughs) It's super cool. And I love that it it makes the containers uh, seem less magic. Mm -hmm. Because I think a lot of people see them as, you know, just kind of this, it's kind of like a virtual machine. You don't implement your own virtual machine, you know, virtualization software, but it it kind of really breaks it down. And you can kind of see the primitives of how C groups and namespaces play into it and how that they're, you know, uh, it's really just a highly configured process. So also on the deep technical end was Keith Randall uh, came back and talked about SSA.
2: Uh, the SSA talk, that was a good one. Yeah, which mm-hmm.
1: also, uh, if if you uh, love assembly. <laughs> yeah, which, to be
2: honest, I still don't understand, but it was a great talk.
0: <laughs> I you was know, going it, to say exactly hand, the same thing. Hand-wavy
2: place. magic something-something <laughs> something compiler look.
0: Yeah, it's like first. it's one of those things, like you don't understand, but it makes sense. It's amazing. It's a great uh,
2: talk. It, <laughs> it was it was a temporary made sense though. I was, as I was listening, I was like, "Yeah, this this makes sense," but then an hour later, it's all gone.
0: Yeah, don't ask me to explain it to you.
2: Mm-mm. That's okay. It was a great talk. Any other favorites from the group? Ashley McNamara's talk. There wasn't a single dry eye in the house. It was so good.
0: Oh my god. I cried. Nobody and succeeds then I looked, alone. I look uh, the guy on my left. I have, I was sitting between two guys, wasn't crying, but the guy on my right was like lifting his glasses and mm-hmm. wiping his tears. So I'm like, okay, I'm not the only one. You
2: know, it just underscores for me how much the community matters in any project, in any enterprise, in any effort. And I think the Go community is really kick ass. We have a great community that cares about each other. Willing to do things to help, and you know Ashley's talk really underscored uh, how much that help can make a difference in your personal success and the success of your peers and the success of the project itself. So it was it was a touchy feely feel good movie of the year.
1: Good stuff. Did anybody get to see Chris Nova's talk?
0: I was going to say that. Oh my gosh, I'm saying this all the time. Uh, I was tied up with something <laughs> and I miss her talk and I haven't had a chance to watch the video yet. That was one of my, on, on the top of my list of talks to watch.
1: Yeah, that, that one's on my list as well. I, I felt bad because I really wanted to to try to sneak into that one. And then um, I can't remember what happened. And then I realized, I, I looked at my watch, I'm like, it was an hour ago.
2: <laughs> so one of the things that's kind of amusing about that talk is that in conversations with random people over the last week or two, that talk specifically has come up several times. It was like, well, you know, when Chris's talk, blah 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 blah. So I think that one's making its way around the internet's much faster than than usual. It's
1: kind of funny to hear them them come back. I'm trying to remember what other ones I saw. I I did see a good portion of Mitchell Hashimoto's talk. Uh, yep. on inv- advanced testing. And I think there's some really good um, oh, examples. Oh, that
0: talk was great.
1: Yeah, lots lots
2: of good takeaways in that one.
0: I was really excited that in, afterwards I talked to my coworkers, and they were also excited about the fact that Vault has a test thing that you can use as opposed to like uh, spinning up a Vault to test your stuff against. You can just have a virtual Vault. Um, so we learned that on that on the talk, but then it didn't really work out well because when you when you call it, you have to import a package that imports a bunch of other packages. And if you don't mind that, it's okay, but they, they said there's, that's, that's how it is <laughs> basically. So we chose not to use it, but it's pretty cool. In any case, there are a bunch of gems in that talk for sure
1: and then um sam boyer did a talk on the new era of go package management which were he was talking about the new dep, and kind of um the, actually a bit of the history and kind of um the direction and and guessing at the not not guessing is the wrong word but kind of like where they would like to see it go you know as far as what it might look like if it were implemented into the go tool any other favorites everybody anybody was able to
2: make it to joe size talk about forward compatible go code
0: i uh, learned a
2: lot from that talk because there are, there are things that you can take away from the go one guarantee that all of your code will be forward compatible and there are things that you should really deeply learn about it and i think his talk was probably one of the more you know deeply educational for me because I learned so much about um, how implementations can change underneath and and bite you in subtle ways in a way that's completely compatible with the go one guarantee so sometimes a guarantee isn't a guarantee and that was a really good talk
0: can I apologize to the speakers that hear this show and don't hear their names mentioned so to be clear Brian and Eric, they run the conference, and they don't have a chance to watch most of the talks. And I was planning to watch all the talks I could, but I got tied up doing a little thing, and I m- missed most of the talks I wanted to watch. So that's why we don't have a, a bigger list to to mention, but in any case, you can't possibly watch all the talks. So now I want to mention that uh, the talks are listed on the GopherCon repo, a uh, repo called 2007 Talks. And uh, wanted to say thank you to Daniela Petruzalek from Brazil. She was a scholarship recipient and she put together a readme with the links to, to everything you could possibly wish for. Uh, the room the talk was in, the speaker, the slide deck, the video, and if there was a source code, she puts a link to that too. And she has a listing for the, the main talks and a different listing for all the lightning talks. It's so such a, you know, it's I'm sure it took a lot of effort. I mean time to put this together. It, it yeah. seems like a little thing, but yeah. it was it's so handy. I I'm on this page daily.
2: Yeah, I couldn't agree more. She put way more effort into uh Putting the talks in a nice organized table with links to everybody and all the things uh, then I certainly would have. So, um, and and one of the things that she mentioned in Slack was that Ashley's talk inspired her to do that. You know, this is a way that she had time to give back, and I, I am very grateful for it for sure.
0: And that reminds me of something else I wanted to say in today's episode. People ask me, so how did you how did you get involved with these things because they look at me like I'm a nobody but I'm doing a podcast and you know I'm doing this and I'm doing that and it's that's exactly how you get to be in a position of uh, be doing something more relevant you just start saying yes you just start taking seeing something you have to be looking first of all and then you see something that needs to be done and you do it then the next time you turn around people say ask you to do something and you say yes and then You know, pretty soon you're taking leadership in uh, initiatives and that's how people get involved and, you know, start doing more relevant things in the community. Just start looking for for opportunities to contribute and uh, say, when people ask you to do something, say yes.
1: Yeah, just sort of take a chance. But before, like, we end up wrapping up the two and or moving on too far, I want to mirror Carlicia's statement, too. shows being or specific talks mentioned on the episode today are in no manner uh scoring higher than others they happen to be ones that we were able to attend or happen to be able to watch since we got home um a lot of the times um i actually don't think i caught much of any talks well at the conference only uh slipping in videos here or there um everybody did an outstanding job all the talks were great so definitely make your way through the whole list Um, We did a survey, too, and all of the talks got amazing feedback, so you won't be disappointed with any of them. Well spoken. Yeah. So um, before we wrap up, um, I wanted to call out some other conferences, too, um, in case you didn't get your fix at GopherCon or it wasn't a big enough fix and you need more Go Conference. Uh, More. um, Golang UK is uh, on the 16th. Um, This episode may or may not air before then. I got to do the math in my head. But uh, anybody who's listening live, um, tickets are still available. Brian uh, will be speaking there. I am closing out the show. Burning the place down. (laughs) And then Gotham Go is in October. They've announced their keynote speakers, uh, Steve Francia, Alan Donovan, Carmen Ando, John Bodner, and Jesse Frizzell. Um, I don't think they've announced any of the other speakers, but I think the CFP might be over for that already. Uh, .Go in Paris uh, is in November. Um, It announced six of their speakers. Brian is also speaking there. Burning that one down, too. (laughs) Francesc and JBD and Samir are also some of the speakers they announced. Um, And then GopherCon Brazil is in November. And the CFP is open for that. So if you'd like to speak at a conference, I'm sure they would love to see your proposal.
0: Yeah. And I know Steve Francis is going to be at at a conference in Brazil. Uh, Jess Brazil is also going to be there, pretty sure. I think I saw that. Oh, nice. Yeah. It's the second one last year. It was really, from all the accounts I heard, it was really well done. And it's in Brazil. Come on.
2: Yeah, it's Brazil.
0: Talking about Brazil, are we done with the conference listing? Sure. We can talk about it for
2: hours. So anytime you want to end is great.
0: I just want a quick shout out to Jairo from Brazil, who was at the conference and gave us all a very fancy bottle of wine. And by no means, I want to encourage people to give us gifts. Please don't. (laughs) I'm just saying because he did it. So I feel very compelled to say thank you in the air he was thanking us for such a good show but people don't do that yeah, uh, don't, seriously don't bring us gifts don't did bring that, us
1: gifts that um i think that adds to the imposter syndrome
0: mm-hmm.
1: yeah I, I can't possibly be worthy
2: of somebody bringing a bottle of wine ten thousand miles
0: no yeah, he he did four because adam got, also got one And and, and now I feel like I need to do better. It's such a pressure. People don't give us gifts.
2: (laughs) (laughs) It's all about pressure. All right, I have to sign out. I've got a hard stop here in two minutes because I am working for a company now. So uh, thanks, everybody, for another show. And feel free to continue without me. But Gophercon was amazing this year, and I, I just can't say thank you enough to all the people who participated, all the people who came. Uh, so many people helped in in
1: small and big ways. Um, all of my love. Thank you. Hi, Brian. Bye, Brian. yeah, I, Bye. I, I want to thank everybody too. I think that that was um, I think so Scott Mansfield is uh, asking about open source shout outs. I think um, today really is about the community. I think that You know, everybody contributing and everybody in the Go contributors room helping people contribute and everybody who contributes even outside of the conference itself. Um, I think we can all collectively agree that today we shout out to the community. Unless Carlicia has a fun one to add.
0: No, absolutely. A second what you said.
1: So I think with that, uh, I think we can wrap this show up and hopefully. Coming here in the future, we'll talk up a little bit about some of these other conferences. Are you going to any of the other conferences? I know you go to Brazil, right?
0: I'd love to go to Brazil. They're still up in the air. I don't know. My my work is really heavy now. and I don't know if I can take the time off. We'll see. Oh, and also, I don't know what I would... I mean, I'll have to talk because that's how fast they would pay me for, to go. And I have nothing to talk about. I, not that I know of can't come up with anything
1: that's always the hard part is getting yeah content well i can't say that's the hard part getting up in front of a bunch of strangers and talking is probably the hard part but first you have to get past the coming up with what you're going to talk about
0: yeah for me that's the hardest part coming up with something to talk about
1: i struggle with that too I, i'd like to speak again at another uh, conference but i need to come up with uh some material that I wanna talk about, preferably something I'm super passionate about. It makes it easier that way.
2: Yeah.
1: So, but if any of us make it to some of these conferences, I know Brian's gonna at least be at the two. Um, we will chat a bit about uh, kind of experiences there. Yeah. And uh, I guess that's a wrap. And uh, thanks, Carlicia. Uh, Brian's already gone, so we can't thank him, but thanks everybody for listening and everybody who made it to GopherCon. And everybody, even if you didn't attend all the companies and stuff, contributing towards the diversity initiatives uh, this year was so amazing. And we're so grateful to be a part of this community.
0: Yeah, it made a huge difference. Thank you.
1: And as far as the podcast goes, um, if you're enjoying it, please share with friends and colleagues. Um, And we are at GoTimeFM on Twitter. Um, You can chat with us live in the Slack channel, um, which is I always forget the invite link for that. What's
0: Yeah, you can always go to general and at the top the invites is right there.
1: So no, I yeah. mean for where where it invites to sign you up, where you can sign yourself up. There's the auto sign up. It's like invite or slack dot bridge. Yeah,
0: that's something. right. Invite.slack dot org. That's that's what I mean. If you go to if you wanna get that link, go to the ah. general channel. Right at the top is one of the links listed.
1: Okay. So invite.slack.golangbridge.org to join the Slack. And um, there's also the ChangeLog Slack, which links with it if you want to chat with us and especially in real time. And with that, uh, thanks, everybody. We'll see you next week.
0: Bye. Thank you. All right. That's it for this episode of Go Time. Tune in live on Thursdays at 3 p.m. U.S. Eastern at changelog.com slash live. Join the community and Slack with us. In real time during the shows, head to changelog.com slash community. Follow us on Twitter. We're at gotimefm. Special thanks to Fastly, our bandwidth partner. Head to fastly.com to learn more. Also, Linode, we host everything we do on Linode servers. Head to linode.com slash changelog. Gotime is edited by Jonathan Youngblood, and the theme music for Gotime is produced by the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. We'll see you again next week. Thanks for listening.